0: to the Sports
1: Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild.
2: Welcome to the Sports Betting Podcast from Pregame.com for the week of December 31st, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional batter here in Vegas, and new media star, (laughs) CNBC featured, now on the cover of ESPN.com today, talking bowl games. Bowl games. And Chad Millman's column, friend of Pregame. All right, this is segment one of six, big game preview. We're going to the bowls. We've got Florida State at West Virginia. Now, Marco has a official free pick in this game, and you guys have been rolling on the free picks. Marco, 14-4 right here, 14 out of 18 winners. That's not even the best. Vegas runner, 11-2 with one push right here. That's pretty hot. That's 25-6. and six. Wow.
0: Actually, if we really credit it, we should make it 14 and a half for me and only give him a half a credit for his last week is in the show. He switched his free pick in midstream after I got done with mine. Yeah, Alex's I closed last it week. on the set.
1: I closed a free pick. His free pick was going to be a different our, segment. Our, our because talk we actually was that compelling. The- it convinced <laughs> me that, and you- I said I usually make my bet come in two. Here, the free pick I'm going to give out, and that time I had to wait till off camera to make the bet. Well, that is, uh, if anything, a great example of what the purpose of this show is, yeah.
2: which is not to come in and, and, and recitate things that you wrote down, it's to prepare and then have a conversation, and just like we want the listeners to be affected by what's being said, the fact that you guys are being affected, and I am too, it's funny, sometimes with my free picks, which actually happen to be, what, 8 and 8? 7 and 7. 7 and 7, <laughs> is, you know, based on your feedback in that segment, I like it less or more, so that's Awesome. All right, so you've got your official freebie. Give us
1: the pick and why. Well, we got to start with the line. You forgot to. Oh, line. that's
2: a good point. What do we got All going All right, on this here? one's
1: in Jacksonville. <coughs> it's the Gator Bowl at Municipal Stadium. West Virginia opened 2, minus 2, with a total 61. As of today, West Virginia's minus 2.5, total 60.5. So very little movement on the side or the total in on this one.
2: Now, let me ask you, Marco one of the things you're renowned for other than your longevity <laughs> <laughs> is that you 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 spent 46 years in pittsburgh and though you've been in vegas now about 2 years coming yep, up it'll be 2 years january 8th we're going to have to do a nice celebration for that should be now we should really tear direct Are you taking correct. me out to dinner yeah yeah buffet or something i don't want to know a la carte but <laughs> <laughs> but you're 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 plugged into Pittsburgh i mean it's just the steelers the pirates whatever do you consider wvu for those who aren't from the area very close in that that area back there to be a place you're plugged into
0: it would be the the next level. Yeah, it's not as tight as Pittsburgh, but it would be the next level. They're in the Big East, and you know, now Duquesne. The Big East. Duquesne on college basketball is that? Do you consider Duquesne is above West Virginia for me? Yes. Okay.
2: So when you quote your stats on your Pittsburgh
0: results, does it's that strictly- include Duquesne? Yes, it includes Duquesne. And what's those stats right now? Because we're ending the 2009 yeah. year. Yeah. What, what were your numbers? Forty-nine and twenty-two in 2009 involving Pittsburgh-based teams. That's every pick you put out. Every pick I put out Over's unders anything. If it's a Pittsburgh team in the game, that's
1: almost seventy percent against the number. All right,
0: stuff. Give us one. All right. First off, the thing that jumps out in this game is Florida State. Absolutely beyond question, does not belong in this bowl game. They're only in this bowl game for one reason. It's Bobby Bowden's swan song. They knew they'd sell out the stadium. Everybody's going to come for his final game, and it's part of the reason last night. uh, we're taping on Wednesday, last night was the Wisconsin-Miami-Florida of game we always talk about bowl games and motivation and distractions Miami-Florida of was pissed that they were not in the Gator Bowl they beat Florida State, they should have been in there and this was only politics because of Bobby Bowden, I had a nice play on Wisconsin, easy winner last night, Florida State, they can't stop the run that's West Virginia's bread and butter uh, the running back for West Virginia, Devine, was a little bit banged up late in the season. With three weeks off, he's going to be a hundred percent. I like West Virginia. This line's a joke. They should win this game seven to ten points over Florida State. You're looking at a line of two and a half for a six and sixteen. I'm team. so
1: surprised at you. This is this had honestly. This game had you written all over it I, I would have sat here right now I would have sworn you would have been on Florida State Now why is that? Because how in the world is West Virginia Only a two, two and a half point favorite Alright, so you bring up an interesting point Over a six and six Florida State team whose starting quarterbacks out Whose coach is gone Who shouldn't even be in this game As Marco just said And West Virginia's nine be- and three And Florida State's three and nine against the spread no one in their right mind has bet this team or will bet this team, and yet they're not even getting a field goal against a nine-and-three West Virginia team who's won three of their last four. Only loss was by three on the road right. at Cincinnati. Undefeated. This looks
2: square. Now he's and, a, now he's a media side. star. He doesn't even let the host st- now when I say we don't want to do a behind I'm the scenes. No, no, no. No <laughs> behind the scenes. One's enough. One's enough. All right. He makes a great point, which is one of your classic things or uh, handicapping approaches is when a line looks too good to be true, it is, and that means that that's where the book wants you to play, so you want to go the other way. I am not always, I don't always understand when you go that way or Mm -hmm. when you actually take the value, explain to us why in this case you're taking the
0: perceived value. The public is going to buy into the send them out a winner
1: scenario. They're, and they're only 120 miles from home.
0: The, the stand's going to be... First of all, West Virginia doesn't travel well to bowl games to start with. No, no, let, let's drill down
2: a second. So, <clears> the <throat> short answer is, you're saying, because of the public perception, with Florida State being marquee in general, and it being Bowen's last game, that this line makes sense to you. It doesn't make sense from a pure handicap, but it makes sense from a public perception. Public perception. So then you like to take the value. I'm taking the value here. And the time you like to... F- Seemingly fade the value or go against the obvious play is when there's not a good reason for the line to be what it is Absolutely So if you can explain (laughs) the bad line, you like to take advantage of it If you can't explain the bad line, you like to go with the bad line because you think that's where the book wants you There's hope for you, yeah That's a great distinction (laughs) Yeah Now we actually talked on today in sports betting, which is a daily podcast that Dan Beebe and Mike Hook do, you guys guest each. Uh, you guest on Thursdays, Thursday, you guest on Sundays. Sunday, I guest on Monday. It's a daily 20 minute show. We were talking on Monday about your approach, VR, of a true line. I listened to the show. And a fair line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, really, uh, for those who are new out there, a true line is this is the handicap. This should split the results 50 50. Okay? A fair line is this should split the action 50 50. So you're saying this you, you, that your fair line to split the action would be about two and a half, and thus you're taking the value. But in your mind, the true
0: line would be five, six, seven. Absolutely. And when you think about West Virginia, a couple she,
1: points. Number 16 BCS, Florida State's five, six, and but, six. If they lose this game, they won't even be at 500. Yeah,
0: one minute to wrap, guys. The Big East doesn't get the the ink that they deserve. They they look at this as a, a weak conference. That's one. West Virginia in the games they've won, they've won them close, so they're not impressive. They don't blow people out. You have that name Florida State. You've got Bobby Bob. The public when the betting percentages are done on game day, there'll be more people on Florida State than West Virginia.
1: No chance. I'll put a, I'll put I'll give you five to one right now. Five to one for whatever you want. There's no chance no betting site like no on West Virginia. I do you like
2: me? Florida State. I love West Virginia. I love. It. This is the perfect like play. Not only do you got the general public perception on Florida State, you've got the additional cause of the Bowden last game, and that's disruptive. The fact is, Bowden's last game is gonna hurt. This Florida State team, I think it's a perfect storm. This might be a bowl game of the year to me. I mean, I love it. I'm interested why this is just a free pick, but I guess that's why you're 14-4 and is this quality. (laughs) All right, guys, great first segment. We're going to do five more games here. Next up, we're going to be talking Cincinnati at Florida. Remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of six, big game preview, Cincinnati, Florida. Vegas runner, you are a line move expert. Tell us about the line in this
1: game. Okay, Florida, this one's at the New Orleans Superdome. It's the Sugar Bowl. Florida opened the 10.5-point favorite with a total of 55.5. Florida's now up to 12.5, and the total's 57. Okay, so there's three reasons a line can move early. We usually talk about two, but there's
2: a third. One is the wise guys really like it because they're doing most of the betting early. Number two is they're positioning themselves for a buyback later. But number three is some external event like an injury or like a coaching change in bowl games can affect the true handicap on the game. When you look at this line move, what do you
1: see the cause being? Um, I I don't think it's the wise guys getting ahead of the market because... I think the the public's going to come in balanced in this game. I think really? the books are going to get balanced action. Because you're looking at an undefeated Cincinnati team getting almost two touchdowns. I don't think they're going to get as one-sided with Florida money as as people think.
2: All right, so if you don't think it's pu- it's getting ahead of the public move, is it a true position or is it the Cincinnati code? I know that with Florida, with the whole... Uh, machinations or back and forth with Urban Meyer, the line really didn't move. It moved about a half a point up, and then that's about it. So most of this move came before all that. And is it about the Cincinnati coach leaving, or is it about a true position?
1: I I, I think it's a true position. I I think it's the wise guys back in the Florida side. I think they showing all season they took the Florida side a, a lot. So I think they really believe that even the odds makers don't give Florida as much credit at the betting window as they should. And I mean, for the season, they're six and six against the spread, so the odds-makers did pretty good, considering they're a 12 and one team straight up. This kind
2: of analysis of breaking down the line moves is what you do at pregame blogs, where you actually break down, you're doing daily for basketball Every day now, for NBA and, and college ball. How, your football is like 60-something,
1: what's Yeah, your Over the last two months, the football's 75%, and for the season, it's at 70% for the whole season. And you gave it all away for, for free? For free, yeah. Now remember,
2: if you hear people talk 70% long term, it's just a blatant lie. The goal is 55 to 57% based upon volume. If you're high volume 55, low volume 57. But when you do hit 57, you can go on streaks that are 70% over the short term, which is pretty amazing. Okay, Marco, what jumps out at you
0: about this game as a handicapper? Now, actually VR, you've got your free pick on yes, this I do. game. All right. Uh, to me, it's no no question. Uh, the situation with Kelly leaving for Notre Dame, um, it, this is bad for this team. This is a team that's a, an undefeated team that is, you know, on the brink of. You know history for the program exactly I mean, and he abandoned ship and what I hate about these coaches they all do it the whole time through the last two weeks of the season when all the speculation was going on he's given you know lip service I'm not taking it I'm not you know I'm not interested I'm yeah, not, you know, yeah, I'm not here. In the conversation in in the minute that they fire um Weiss you know a couple days later you know he he takes the job all right. so which which that's kind Of water cooler talk radio crap,
2: but the fact of the matter is, there's team dissension right here. Absolutely, is, is there's players speaking
1: out saying, Why aren't you with it? So it doesn't seem like a smooth transition, yeah. Especially since coming in, this team had a lot to prove because they're undefeated, you know, and they have an argument to say, Should we be even be playing in a bigger bowl game than we're well, playing? That and by a- beating Florida straight up, they'd have a, a legitimate argument because only Alabama was able to now, do it. Now, one
2: of the things Marco talks about a lot is. Is disappointments affect teams negatively. That when you have your ultimate disappointment in a season, the next game is always the worst game. When I look at this team, it ended up that they would have played in the national championship game if Texas would have lost on that end, you know, that close end at the uh-huh. uh, end of that game against Nebraska. So it's not only, boy, we should have been in the national championship we game, have. we could have, we were one second from it, which that with the disruption of the coach, and you can't forget. Coaching disruption in bowl games is a huge negative. Now, that negative can be mitigated if the next coach is coming from within the staff mm-hmm. because then it feels like a smooth transition. The players are still accountable to those coaches. Right now, they don't know who's going to be there. I have friends at Kansas University, and I can tell you, if they were playing in a bowl game, it would have been very disruptive. Those coaches are looking for jobs right now. Those coach- those kids are thinking, why do I listen to yeah. this guy? So huge- you know, with with the Cincinnati transition, it's coming from the
1: outside. I think it's a huge negative. It is. Give us your pick on the game. I, I really like the under in this game. And I think if you sit back, you're going to let the, the public money drive this lineup to close to 60 before game time. Because what they're going to see is this Cincinnati offense could put up points, and we all know Florida puts up points. But I think in this game, it's going to get done with defense. And surprisingly, that's what Florida's done it with. They're third in points allowed in all of college football. So this team has only allowed one team to score more than 20 points on them. That was Alabama, who beat them in the SEC championship game. Other than that, no one's been able to score. Cincinnati, on the flip side, they've won by scoring. But against this Florida team, you're not going to be able to do that. More importantly, they've done it through the air. Having a couple weeks off, I think, disrupts that a little bit. Your, your offense, when you're used to just getting it done, you know. Did Cincinnati in play there. in that
2: very? La- they, they did they play Pitt, and they had yeah, that the very last week. Yeah. monster comeback.
1: 21 down. one
2: from of the things down. we were reading in Chad Millman's column that the odds makers look at is how long since the last the break, game, right? Because it affects the offense more. So, so that that's not ideal that Cincinnati played in the last game. Now, here's my qu- in the last week of the season. Here's my question. The old adage is defense is about effort, offense not so much. If a team isn't trying as hard, they're usually going to get beat on the defensive side. The Cincinnati, we've we've already decided there's going to be questionable uh, motivation here. Coaching disruption could have been a national championship game. This Florida may be the team that's most unmotivated, yeah. it would seem. I mean, this seems very analogous to Alabama in the Sugar Bowl last year when they got beat and got embarrassed. They lo- They were one game away from three national titles in four years, or at least playing for three national titles in four years. Tebow stayed for that. They had one goal in mind. That's it. Is for, this team yeah. really motivated? And if not...
1: Doesn't it affect them on defense? I think they're de- motivated defensively because they allowed Alabama to score 32 on them. So that's a uh, one of the angles that I was looking at, too. Will the defense be motivated to stop anybody? And I think on the Florida side, they will because they allowed that many points up to Alabama. They have a reason to show up.
0: I would agree with you 100% that this was going to be a flat spot for Florida until last weekend when Urban Meyer announced that he had health problems and that he was gonna...
1: The leave of absence. The leave
0: of absence. And then the next day they had practice and he changed his mind after that practice. This team is a close-knit team. His bond between him and Tebow, if you remember back to the end of the season, whenever they were doing the Florida State, the last home game, and he did his press conference that week, Urban Meyer actually cried in his press conference thinking about Tebow leaving, you know, the player that he Understood. had. This team's close-knit. They want to win this game for him. And that bring that eliminates that right, motivation. That's gonna be very interesting because you're you make a good point. And it's
2: really like two extreme cases where on one hand, hugely disappointing result in the prior mm-hmm. game, demotivated. On the other hand, we've got this Urban Meyer thing, which which I think him coming back probably does motivate them, or at least come making it just to leave. So I, I'm going to be very interested to see where Me the motivation is. Me too. I can't wait is. to watch this because uh, it, it's really two. It's it's two real intense factors pulling against each other here. I right, official free pick on the under. We talked about it. You've won eleven and lost two and tied and pushed one recently right here. So your official free picks are pretty serious. Now, Marco, you already gave yours. You gave yours. I'm giving mine in the sixth segment, so you guys got a little bit to wait. Next up is going to be segment three, in which we talk Mississippi-Oklahoma State. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment three of six, big game preview. We're in the bowls, Oklahoma
1: State-Mississippi. As usual, let's get the line movement from Vegas. Right? All right, this one's at Cowboy Stadium, the Cotton Bowl. This one opened Mississippi as a three-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 50 and a half. As of today, Mississippi's minus three, and the total has not moved. So a little money has come in on the dog to get it down to that key number of three. But I don't think they booked very much because uh, only Chris opened it up three-and-a-half, and everybody else went to three immediately. Okay, so Marco, we don't have an official free
2: pick in this game. A little later, we're going to be giving a $10 coupon away um, to use at pregame.com. So, but we do give three official free picks in the six games that we preview. But otherwise, we give a lot of strong leans and, and tidbits, gambling tidbits that you can take away and, and use in your arsenal, both for that given game and theories to use in all games. So as you look at this game, what jumps out at you?
0: Well, in this game for a New Year's Day bowl game, we've got two. All right, so we're January 2nd. I'm sorry. Cotton Bowl, I'm so used to it being on New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, still big bowl game, Cotton Bowl. Uh, Now,
2: do you remember back when uh, I remember, you know, I'm graduating from High State and you read all about Woody Hayes? Is, you know, you used to be only one team per conference could make it to a bowl game. So there, there were years high State and Michigan were both undefeated coming into their final game. Go. And the winner would go to the Rose Bowl. The loser wouldn't go to any, any bowl, bowl game. Yeah. Do you do you remember those days?
1: I don't remember those days. Come on. <laughs> don't lie. You did a parley on one of those
2: days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys.
0: Uh, I'm looking at this game. For me, when I broke it down, you're looking at two different
1: styles of, of the hurry-up offense of Oklahoma State against Mississippi State's you know, run defense. SEC power,
0: SEC power yeah. football against you know Big Twelve. Neither team's coming into this bowl game playing well. Um, Oklahoma State got shut out in their last game and. Barely defeated a Colorado team. Um, the game before that by three points as a seventeen-point favorite. Mississippi lost their last game to their rival Mississippi State. But I say you throw that
1: game out. Yeah, they both lost to their rivals. They both lost in blowout fashion to the rival. Their final game, but leading into it, they had won three straight. They did. So what, oh,
2: what's
0: it, the take? What do we?
1: You toss that away? Let's quit
0: clearing our throats, guys. What's the, give me a key point in this game? The key point in this game. For me, I'm going to take the stronger, what I feel is the stronger conference, and I'm leaning to Mississippi in the game.
2: All right, so SEC, Mississippi stronger, Big 12 down this year. Absolutely. Now, they lost to Oklahoma in that
0: last game you were talking about? Oklahoma State lost to Oklahoma in that last game. You've got to wonder, Oklahoma
2: was, what, five losses or something coming in that game? They were already bowl eligible, though. You can't, you know. I know that's a big rivalry; they hate each other. There, people really understand the Big Twelve, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. But you can't think Oklahoma was really ready to play in that game after that disappointing season and all those injuries. The fact they just lambasted Oklahoma State, you got to wonder if it's just a sign of the quality
0: of this team is not strong. Because, as I said, both lost to their rival in their last game. Oklahoma State playing Oklahoma, that means more to Oklahoma State than Mississippi playing Mississippi State. Mississippi so are we talking bowl. about what the game shows us, or are we talking about some hangover of the game? It shows me that there is a problem with Oklahoma State, and I'm able to dismiss the bad performance from Mississippi because the game didn't mean anything to them. They already had this bowl game locked up. That was Mississippi State's bowl game against
1: Mississippi. It's a, a rivalry game, though, right? It uh, is a rivalry game,
0: but the. And Stevenson was
1: a favorite where Oklahoma State was a dog in right. their game. They weren't even I always supposed.
0: tell you, in the rivalry games, it means more to the, the team that's the lesser of the two because they want to get that recognition in, you know.
2: All right, so maybe. I mean, I think sometimes handicappers look at things that are pretty close and decide they're going to fall one way with them and make a big deal that they decided to go this way. But all things equal, both teams look bad at the end of the year. Slightly, maybe Oklahoma State had less of a reason. Maybe Mississippi had more. So maybe we discount this a little bit, the
1: Mississippi bad performance against Mississippi State. But it's a small thing. So give me something big. Yeah, no, here, here's the bottom line with this game is who's right, the, the public perception or, or the oddsmakers. Because when you look at the BCS, they have Oklahoma State 19th. You look at the USA Today, they have Oklahoma State 18th. The oddsmakers poll has them at 26th. Mississippi is nowhere on the BCS, nowhere on the USA Today, but they're 21st in the oddsmakers poll. So they're five spots above Oklahoma State. So according to, to the oddsmakers, Mississippi's the much stronger team, even though they're 8-4. and four. They That's were, why they came out at a 3.5 point favorite. They favor. were a top 10 team to start the season, if you Yeah, now. until they lost that Thursday night game to South Carolina. They were fourth that one time.
2: All right, so you make a good point. Is we've got a favorite, a field goal favorite, who by for the uh, USA, to, USA Today tight fan seems like the lesser team. Sure, yeah. So, the BCS is going to show the ranked Oklahoma So State. it's Vegas saying, hey, we have a strong feeling Mississippi's better and we're going to back it with money, which will, or excuse me, back it with a line, which yeah. means you can bet against us. But then the question becomes you would think, wow, they must not be afraid of Oklahoma State action if you would think, okay, by putting this line with seemingly the lesser team at minus three, you're going to get a bunch of Oklahoma State. But now I wonder, because Mississippi is SEC and people seem to love to bet SEC in the yeah. bowls. is it part of the reason it's three is the public perception isn't going to be towards Oklahoma State because though they are ranked higher, the, the hate or the, the, the dis appreciation of the Big 12 this year is making people like Mississippi. I think
1: they're going to get split action because what you get for bowl games is a lot of recreational bettors. Guys that don't even bet all year bet New Year's Day. And what they're going to see is the 9-3 team. And they're going to bet Oklahoma State, the ranked BCS team. But then you're going to have the guys that bet all year and follow stuff like rankings and, and no odds maker polls and stuff like that who are going to look at it the sharp side and think Mississippi's the sharp side. And I think they're going to balance it out for the I do books. think the
2: public's going to be a little
0: Affected by the Mississippi being in the SEC.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: They're going to be
0: affected Balance. by the conference, but Mississippi is not one of the household names of the SEC. So, mm-hmm. and let's not forget, too, that this line's even more disparity there because this is the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl definitely favors the Big 12 team. I mean, this has always yeah, been their yeah. you know, backyard. So, you know, so Vegas is really making a I personally, when I saw the line, I wouldn't have thought any different if they had brought this game out at Pickham. I mean, uh, would you really have thought any no, different? No,
2: no. So, All right, I, so you're saying that they're looking So now we're going with the idea That by putting Mississippi out at three Or even three and a half What they opened at Is they do want um, they, they do want Oklahoma State action They yeah, like absolutely. Mississippi here yeah. So you have a strong lean on Mississippi I have a strong lean on Mississippi Because you're saying That they could have probably get split, gotten split action At Pickham They're putting it out at three Three and a half to get
1: well, I totally back. agree there. My biggest, sur- I was more surprised on why the total is only fifty when both these teams score over thirty points. So do you have a lean? That was the surprise. I, I lean Mississippi. I think at three. Or less, I, I think that's the right side. I think. And what about the game. move,
2: which only half a point, but it's a key move from three and a half to three with the early action? I, I think
1: they just think they knew it wasn't going to go higher. The Mississippi line was so not going to go above three. It was one three, of those situations where you're just where getting the good number. The
2: guys that did like the dog were going to take the three and a half. Exactly, able to which get is the what Vegas,
0: wa- Vegas wanted. The dog. They because
2: remember, wise guys. and you're right, I'm sorry, to interrupt to a little tight on top. Mm-hmm. Wise guys are not this big group all meeting in a room no, deciding no, what to do. No. There's all kind of different ones the ones that did like oklahoma state took the three and exactly a half. all right good no you know it was an interesting theoretical conversation there and, and i would agree with you that they do seem to want oklahoma state action which makes me lean towards mississippi all right good stuff next up is going to be segment four of six we're moving to the nfl the eagles and the cowboys this is segment four of six big game preview dallas cowboys Philadelphia Eagles
1: for the NFC East title. Vegas Runner, tell us about the line. All right. Not much movement at all. Dallas opened up as a three-point home favorite with a total of 48.5 all across the board. As of today, Dallas is still three all across the board. But the totals dropped down to 47. So, definite some money on the under, which I would assume is, is true steam based on the fact more over money should come in by the betting public all right so let's think about that is no weather at dallas so
2: usually when you see under action it's a sign that it's true action because the wise guys know the public tends to bet over so they'd be inclined to bet under late the only time they're going to bet it early is when they think it's too good to pass up and they want to beat other wise guys to the number so we can say some true steam on Definitely, the
1: especially with the way these two teams score. You, you could expect, especially, and it's a Sunday night primetime game. They moved it to primetime, didn't they, this one, or no? This is the
0: Sunday night flex game, Yep.
1: Okay. All right, so when you
2: look at this game as a handicapper, what jumps out at you? Uh, wait, back up. It's not the Sunday night The, flex Cincinnati,
1: game's the flex Cincinnati game the Cincinnati game is the Sunday Correct. night flex game. They moved uh, this to four, the late game, though, the later four, game. Uh,
0: one thing about the total you look at the first game in this meeting i saw this total when it come out and they're basing this total on recent scores Uh of the teams right now you go back when they played earlier in the season they only scored 36 yeah 20 to 16 it's a huge adjustment on a total and i think that's why you're getting the wise guys jumping in so they saw
2: the inflation and said it's too good to pass up now When the wise guys do bet against the way the public is expected to bet early, you can oftentimes, late, late on game day, get the same number the wise guys played early because the public bets it right back up to where it was. Yeah,
1: and public money outweighs wise guy money when it comes to NFL, so the books will adjust based on that over money.
2: I mean, you could do quite well if all you did was look at the early move and have someone as good as VR interpret it for you, which you do for free at Pregame.com, and then say, I'm only going to play the games that the line gets back to where the original Wise Guys bet it, only on games with legitimate, true Steam, which you call Right, power. right. And again, you're not going to get a lot of those. You're probably going to get a couple a week, though, and then really, in truth, you're playing the same games as the Wise Guys at the same, same number. number as the
1: Wise Guys, and that means win. Alright, so, any lanes here? Uh, Bottom line here is this has been uh, one of them series where it doesn't matter where the game's played. Uh, I mean, last year, both home teams won. The year before, both road teams won. So it's one of them series instead that's been dictated by the dog getting the money. So it's been closely contested games. No, no. The fact that
2: there's a couple years when they only play twice a year in which seemingly the home field is not important, uh, th- that's not enough of a, a sample to really say that, right? This is No, still, no, especially with Dallas with a, a new stadium
1: field. now with Dallas, too. Which you think too. is an advantage. Yeah, for Dallas. yeah, I think so. I All think right. so. So where's the leans at here? Uh, my leans to Dallas. I really do like Dallas here. Um, I don't think they're getting enough respect. I mean, obviously, so what you, can think you the put the line, line? Be No, hours? no, I don't think you could move the line uh, higher than three. But I just think that you're not. Well, this is the kind of game where you're not going to get line value. The line is where Which it means, is, and this is it, something it we comes talk- down to. I think a handicap. That-
2: well, I mean, what a handicap is is assess what the line's supposed to be.
1: Right? Well, I don't. I mean, uh, fundamental. You got to look at uh, uh, approach this differently. You're not going to get any way you you look at this. Any any lines maker you talk to is going to make Dallas three. Is that the true line, or you make the distinction
2: between a fair line and true line? Fair line splits the action. True line splits. The uh, I result. myself
1: think Dallas is one point
2: better than the Eagles. All right, so you're you're saying there's some value on the Cowboys? Yeah,
1: here. I, I do. I I think there Marco. is.
0: Marco. The line to me is where it should be. Yeah. First one. These are two teams. that's pick the winner. It was three in Philly. It's three here. It's the the complete that's reversal. Yeah, but
2: it's not pick the winner. It's who's the better team. You're getting three
0: points that's with Philly. You're getting three points. That's key. But with the with the home, I'm saying basically the teams are even. The teams are even. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. It, it's they're, they're even up, and you're you're asking to pick the winner, getting the three points for the home field. What I find fascinating about this game is people are looking at dallas and philly and the winner out of this game all of a sudden they're talking like the the winner from this game is the best team in the nfc now the the new orleans two losses in a row and two in and two poor efforts prior to that people are you know the stocks falling on them there's all kinds of problems in minnesota who, who's left? I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, when Philadelphia went to Oakland and lost, people were crucifying them. And when Dallas what opened... What is this? You're making a good point here, but what does it mean to the batter? To the batter here, to me, this is the toughest game on the board. All right, so let's
2: stop a second. Lines, we talked about this again in today in Sports Batting, the daily podcast. I was on Monday. Most lines are right. Mm-hmm. The lines maker isn't dumb. And, and... After the line's maker comes out, when the line is wrong, like look at the Florida line, maybe that was a little short at 10.5, it's bet up to 12.5. It's adjusted by the market. Most of the time, the line is right is right now what you guys are saying is that philly and dallas are about even teams there's no extenuating circumstances this line's about right you think there might be slight value on dallas
1: laying the 110 though there's no great edge here even when you look at the future number what they put for this game they had dallas two and a half so i mean this is the line I, i think the line wasn't difficult to make for this game but I just believe that Dallas is the right side. I think the Enough way they've to been lay playing. One hand? Yeah, I, I think you. in the long run, I think it, it would be a pro- profitable proposition here with Dallas. I don't like the way Philly's been playing lately. Now, you are you grew up in Philly. Yeah.
2: You're connected back there. Yes,
1: and, and I do not like the way this team's been playing. Yeah, they've won six straight games, having the score a lot. And they were favored in all six of them games. So they were games they were supposed to win. There's no surprise in them winning six straight. Dallas, on the flip side... Only two times in the last nine games have they allowed more than 20 points scored on them. This defense is really stepping up. And I think they're going to pose a lot of problems from Philly who can't run. I mean, without a running game this year, who do they have? LaShawn McCoy is their leading rusher with 500-something yards. McNabb can't do it on his own. And against this Dallas defense, I think they're going to have a lot of problems on Sunday.
0: How do you guys... Go- oh, go ahead, Ron. The one thing that I'm going to point out with Philly in... in- you can look at it both ways. Is this a plus or a minus? To me, I look at it as a minus, that they're winning with smoke and mirrors. In the last six games, the Philadelphia defense has had 15 takeaways. That's contributed to their winning streak.
2: Now, good handicap. No, some teams have a propensity to take away, but in general... Turnovers against Or turnovers of the opponent Are pretty random Especially fumbles are random right. Interceptions not so much So when you gain a lot of turnovers uh, There's a good chance There's going to be a regression of the mean Where your performance is going to seem better Than it really is So here's a guy who's an insider with Philly Saying they're a little overrated Not playing as well as people think You're you're backing it up with numbers So maybe the lean is towards Dallas Now I rarely am going to back Dallas Because they're such a public team Yeah, yeah. But Philly, just is public, for whatever reason, I think it's because of all the East Coast batting. So I don't see a lot of value on either side just because the marqueedness, to to kind of an inside joke we have with Dan Beebe is a phrase we made, how marquee a team is, the marqueedness, is about equal in these teams. So maybe there is value. Now, certainly if the number comes off of three, you you're gonna like I mean do you, yeah, you, you two love and a half I love, love Dallas. Dallas at two and a
1: half? At three and a half, I don't think I'd bet. One one closing
2: comment. A lot of week seventeen or final week NFL games are gonna be about motivation and, and it's almost like a bowl game. How much do these teams wanna play? How many starters are they gonna play? Uh for how long, though that's not in bowl games that's not the case. But in the last week the NFL it is
0: this is a game the motivation is not clear. Yeah, Max absolutely. motivation. Last comment I want to throw at Ten you. seconds. Romo and McNabb. When was the last time one of these guys won a big game? Someone's winning. Someone's going to win one. A
1: big game.
2: All right, good stuff. Next up is segment five of six. We're going to do the Cincinnati Jets Sunday night game. For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. This is segment five of six, big game preview, Sunday Night Football,
1: Jets, Bengals, Vegas runner, tell us about the line in the game. All right. This one's a a wild one. Uh, Jets opened as a seven-point home favorite with a total of 37.5. As of today, the Jets are minus 10, and the total's down to 35. So definite wise guy money on the jets now
2: let's ask let's let's think about this a second because we talked about it in an earlier segment uh specifically in the florida cincinnati there's three reasons the line moves true position they really like it they're setting themselves up for a buyback because they think they know the way the public's gonna bat or information injuries player rotation so Do we have a sense, did this line move on bets or did
1: it move on air? This one moved on bets because it moved again late. That was the key. It moved right when it opened. It went from 7 to 8, then 8 to 9, and that's where it settled. But then they came back Monday night and hit it again at minus 9. That went up to 9.5. Uh, than the 10. So, I mean, it, it got hit at different intervals. It wasn't like the sports book trying to head, stay ahead of the wise guys. It was the wise guys staying ahead of the market in right. this case. And that's
2: like inside stuff that, that's very valuable. Now, I look at this Week 17 stuff almost like the preseason. Yeah. Is you got to try to interpret, and, and really preseason is a very beatable time, is who, who's going to be motivated. We talked about this on uh, today in sports betting again that I did on Monday is – If the team is bad, okay, and and that's not pertinent here, but let's apply it to all the NFL games this week. The question is, which way is the momentum going? I look at the Browns, and I'm thinking, this team's going to play. This team's going to play in Week 17. they got some momentum. Now, other teams have no momentum. Or other teams, like specifically the Dolphins, went from having a good chance of the playoffs of completely, and this follows your theory, the game after their biggest disappointment when their season goal is, uh, is, 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 is extinguished, I guess, is, is the worst game for yeah. a team. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
0: bro. actually, they're still mathematically alive, believe it or not, the Dolphins.
2: Well, wow, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't think an 8-8 team is going to make the playoffs. So, oh, I mean, maybe so. But, I mean, I think in their head they, they, they left it on the table. So, now, that segues into, Marco, and usually I just ask what you think of this game. I'm going to ask
0: you a specific question. Where's the motivation at here? Well, obviously the motivation's all for the Jets. The Jets have to win. The Jets win and they're in. That's the simplest of the playoff scenarios. Well, the, Baltimore wins their end, too. Baltimore is, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jets and Baltimore control their own they destiny. They control their own destiny. The problem with, and we talked about this at length and vr in my uh, video we do each week this week in vegas about the you know the last week of nfl handicapping so you might want to check that out for a little more in-depth you can get
2: all of our videos at pregame.tv this week in vegas they do each week it's become very popular but additionally you you've been doing one or two extra free pig
0: videos just you and the camera just me and the camera this mug here and uh you know you know we're 14 and four here on the show on inside the line, so you're fourteen and four. Fourteen and four with my plays inside the line, which I don't duplicate the plays. Nine and two run with those. So all and you're hot you. with your late stuff. Um, well, thanks for the promo. Uh, five and zero oh this week in uh, six and one in football and on a twenty-two and nine uh, run overall last thirteen days. All right. So, motivationally,
2: it's clear the Jets want to win. Here's what I question, unless I'm mistaken. In fact, I know I'm not mistaken. Cincinnati New England, the third and fourth seed are up for grabs this week. So my question is, the third seed's going to have to play um, or not play Indy in round two if they win. Right. The fourth seed would. You've got to think that a team doesn't want to go to Indy in, in round two.
0: So why wouldn't Cincinnati be as motivated as any game? Well, they would be, but here's the thing. New England plays earlier and New England has the tiebreaker. So if New England wins early, exactly. this doesn't matter for Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So in most likely that's going to be the scenario that plays out. And I think that's why once Vegas realized what what the playoff scenarios were in the seedings in this You think was, they put the number
2: out before they realized that?
0: Well, Offshore jumped the line early, like VR said, but the M here in Vegas, which is known for posting the first line on the strip, had this game at nine and a half when they opened it. But they opened later. They opened on Sunday. I mean, I grabbed the sheet Sunday at you know normal time, and it was nine and a half.
2: So that's a takeaway that's worth the entire video, so let's just reiterate that a minute. That if New England loses, or wins, early on Sunday, they lock up the three seed. This becomes yeah. a meaningless game. And this
1: line climbs even higher. Right.
2: If New England loses, Cincy can win for the third seed, and now all of a sudden, so literally... And you'll see this line come down. Like we, see, I don't this, think
0: the line would climb. I, I think the line is at its max point right
1: now. So
2: you think the line's assuming New England wins? Yeah. All right, so that means there's got to be value on Cincy because there's certainly a chance New England's going to well, not win. If, if I, and there
1: if, is any way you look at it. That's what surprised me that the wise guys laid this number. Uh, I mean, uh, according to the LVSC's odds makers poll on a neutral field, Cincinnati's four points better than the Jets. So this game should be about a pick 'em at, at the most. And and we talk about this a lot. And and I'm sorry to no, interrupt.
2: No, no. Is The must You only have an advantage if you know something the public doesn't know. And everyone knows the Jets have to win. And that's why it's climbed. The the USA Today bettors are walking to the window and betting on the must-win team. I
0: think there's almost always value going against the must-win teams. Absolutely. I actually made the statement, and there was a lot of conversation in the forums this week about because last week a lot of the teams that were in must-wins did roll last week, the public just wants to jump on those teams, and I said, if you bet all of those teams blindly, you're going to get carried out on a stretcher. And I said, I'll book anybody that wants to bet all of those games Yeah, blindly. but I, with that
1: said, you could pick your spots. And, I mean, the, be, I... I, I Looking at what the, the sharp money's done in this game, I, I could see this being one of them games that Cincinnati allows to get away from them. Well,
2: you, we don't know Once, what Cincinnati's going to do because this is such a weird position for them. The,
1: the, the talk that I'm hearing is they want zero injuries. They, that, the, their goal for this game is zero casualties. If, and when a coach, when you talk like that about a game, you're already stressing. We do not care about this game. I
0: don't think the line goes over 10. So if I wanted to, to hedge a position... I would bet Cincinnati now at plus 10, thinking that it's not going to go any higher. And if for some reason New England loses early, you can come back and lay the Jets at a smaller number because the line will drop if Cincinnati's got a, a reason to play.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, and I like that level of thinking. But there's another side to it too, which is public money comes in the day of the game. This is
1: a late game, so there's going to be a, a, a Sunday, Sunday night thing, game. You know, when and there's going to be, like, not excuse me, yeah. but there's going to be tons and tons and tons and tons of teasers. Pending on the Jets down the mine. I mean, I wouldn't be. I
2: I wouldn't be surprised if New England wins if this game goes up to eleven or twelve. I wouldn't either. I I like. I'll tell you the truth.
1: At seven, I'm mad. I didn't get down. I like the Jets in this game.
2: Okay, Marco, you got sixty seconds.
0: We give a coupon away every week. Ten dollars, no obligation. Hit it. Well, it's New Year, so New Year ten. Very simple. Get ten bucks. New Year, not plural. Singular. Singular. New Year ten. Go to the shopping cart, pick whatever you want, and you apply that coupon, you get $10 is that off. at
2: pregamepros.com. You get any pick you want, $10 off at the shopping cart, you put in the coupon. And if the pick is $10 or less, you get it free, no obligation. Absolutely. All right. Now, I'm going to do a quick um, uh, forum post on the idea of a correlated parlay about what we just talked about with New England and Cincy. So check that out at pregameforums.com. Next up, we're going to do our sixth and final segment. We're back in the colleges, Boise and TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. This is segment six of six, big game preview, Boise State, TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. Tell us about the
1: line in this game. Uh, Very interesting. This is one where the books and the oddsmakers had a difference of opinion. Um, The oddsmaker actually sent out four. TCU is a four-point favorite. When the books received this number, they looked and laughed and said, no way are we hanging up four with TCU. And they went as high as six, and someone as high as opening them up at seven. Um, as of today, TCU is minus seven and a half, and the total opened at 56. It's down to 54 and a half. All right,
2: so let's talk about this real quick. Odds makers... Are, you know there's? I I think there would be maybe a, a fairy tale might be the right word where they think that there's these you know geniuses in Vegas computers who yeah. somehow are coming up with numbers and the, the the sports books almost like a Walmart location takes the the wheeze and say oh 199 okay 199 mm-hmm. it is. And that somehow these odds makers put this number out and the books just follow. What ends up happening most of the time is there's a tweak involved with their own opinion. Heck, sometimes these offshore books are putting up numbers before yeah. the odds makers in Vegas even put a number out. But you're saying this is an extreme case where they said, we're going to go from your number and go up a whole field goal, which is humongous, yeah. and go up to a key number in some spot. Yeah. Great. I mean, clearly a sign of a disrespect for the odds makers. Absolutely. And a disagreement between, you know, where the seemingly the odds makers weren't taking into account the public, and the sports books are saying, we got a great feel for the public here, and they're going to be betting TCU, which the fact it's moved past seven is a sign they were right they were and the correct. odds makers were wrong. Yeah, exactly. As a cat, now this is my free pick in this game, and uh, we give three official free picks as we keep talking about. I'm actually seven and seven. You two combined, they're twenty five and six. So remember, let, listen to what these two say a little <laughs> bit more. I'm just a little more um, elegant, maybe. And we should have uh, parlayed on us every week. There you happened. go. <laughs> All right. So tell us about this game. Well,
0: I did notice one thing. Was this by design? that You kept your free pick into two thousand and ten, so you could finish two thousand nine. I'm undefeated. Right now, this year. Yeah, and so you finished two thousand and nine fifty percent. So you didn't go below the, the. Yeah, but I want to beat the Jews. But go ahead, g- give us <laughs> give us some info. Well, this game here, really, I think of all the teams, TCU is the one team that deserved the shot. If there was going to yeah. be one of these teams play for the national championship, this team's for when you real. Say one of these teams. Well, if Texas undefeated. would if Texas would not have got that yeah. last field understood. goal, understood. The consensus is it would have been Cincinnati. I There's no consensus. The BCS
2: came out. That game didn't affect TC. The Texas game didn't affect anyone else's numbers. Except
1: Cincy, right? They would have went. Cincy would have went. Cincy would have went is Uh what
0: I'm saying. So we know who would have went. It would have been Cincy. To me, as a handicapper, I think this TCU team is better than Cincinnati. Fair enough. And I like, you know... I came close to making this my free pick as well. I, you I, like TCU. I, I like the TCU side here. Uh, they've got a great defense. You know, what gets lost in the shuffle is because they score 40, 50 yeah. points a game. The defense gets lost. This team, they allow they've only points allowed game, one right team to score 21, over 21 points this year, and that was Utah. That's the only game all year. And they've played a tough schedule out of conference they traveled to Virginia. Now Virginia wasn't a great team, but that was an ACC team early in the year. They traveled to Clemson and then they played all right, BYU all right. so we got on a good
2: we got a good team here no doubt about it. I've heard insiders here in town and general, you know, media guys thinking TCU may be as good as any team in the country. But the question is, on a neutral, they're laying over a touchdown to a Boise team, which beat, didn't even play a great game and had the most impressive win of these two teams, beating Oregon at home and beating them fairly handedly in that game. So to me, the question is, isn't it TCU good or not? The question is, are they over-attached on better than this Boise
1: yeah, Because they met last year. That's the good thing. We do have something to compare it to. And a lot of times it doesn't happen in college where you do get the same teams back. We have the same starting quarterback, So it's, it's, it's a, a lot of the same situation as we had last year. Last year, though, TCU was only a three-and-a-half point favorite in the game. And they only won by one. But when I dug into the box scores, they totally destroyed Boise State. I mean, it was 28 first downs to 15. They held them to 28 rushing yards on 20 attempts, and this Boise State team is 20th in the country in rushing. And last year so, they were so just where are you as leaning? good. Where are you leaning? I'm leaning the TCU. I'm just not sure that I'm ready to lay more than a touchdown yet.
2: Alright, so here's my thinking. I think that the, the power ranking number, the true quality of these teams number, is probably somewhere between the odds-makers open and, and where we're at. It's probably 6 let's say. Now, getting 7.5 when you should be getting 6 is worth a play just barely. Okay, fine. But I think there's an X factor here that makes my free pick Boise. And it's a double-edged X factor. One of the things Marco talks about a lot, and I'm sure we'll be hearing it, uh, for when we do the BCS game next week, is the underdog has to hear for five weeks or whatever that they're the inferior team. Now, this is a marquee bowl matchup, and the fact is, Boise not only is the underdog, but they're over a touchdown underdog, an undefeated Boise team.
1: You know they feel slighted here. Slighted. And this is the only team that's beat them in the last two years. So the only loss they have on their revenge. ledger in two years mm-hmm. is against TCU. So
2: ultimate revenge on a national stage. Their motivation is, mad. it's as good as they were going to get. Mm-hmm. Right, they, yeah. Now, on the TCU side... You've got a team that really could have been in the national championship game. And even if not, they can't be excited about playing this same Boise State team that they've already beaten. Beaten. So I think you may, amazingly, with TCU, have a BCS-level game in which their motivation is not 100%. You might have just swayed me towards that Boise side. (laughs) So you're getting a premium value. Uh, because, again, the Vegas came out of four. You're getting seven and a half and maybe more come to game time. I would wait on this one. You've got a motivated team against maybe an un, a, 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 not a fully motivated team. Uh, one Boise. minute for anyone to possibly uh, make no, a case a against. A Boise
1: QB <laughs> who last season was a freshman in this game. So now he's coming back with with another year under his belt and getting over a touchdown. I'm going over. I'm going to stay undefeated in 2010, baby. It's
0: hard to argue with a guy when he uses Marcoisms for his defense. <laughs> now,
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a
0: good, no. That is a good point about the Boise. Uh, I will give you that about. Oh. Hey, producer Brandon, make sure we snip that out and we can
1: use it as a sound drop anytime. Yeah, but make yeah, sure you even, say that. I was even, quoting me. Even <laughs> if TCU blows Boise out. It's not going to raise their standing in anyone's eyes. And it's hard to believe they're not a little down. It's hard to believe they're not a little down about it. Yeah, this. they have to be. All right, good stuff, guys.
2: Now. Just to wrap up, you know, we're wrapping up all six episodes here. If you haven't seen all of them, you can go to pregame.tv. If you're listening on iTunes, though, there's a a special video, which its new name is where's that name at behind behind the scenes at pregame.com. We're actually going to tack it on the end of this audio podcast. So listen through the theme song at the end, and then you're going to actually hear a special ten minute Marco D'Angelo story that you will never forget. And if you're watching on video, just go to pregame.tv, and it's called Behind the Scenes. Otherwise, that's another great show this week. We did six games. You guys did a couple extra games at pregame.tv. Really good stuff. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking NFL playoffs and the BCS championship game. We'll be back talking to you then. Welcome to a special behind the scenes at pregame.com. This is an occasional feature where we pull back the curtain from what happens in a Las Vegas sports betting news organization and let you the viewer learn a little bit about the day to day. Now this is the first time we've ever done this. By the way, I'm joined by my longtime co-host Vegas Runner who is becoming a star. I thought <laughs> I was a star is CNBC and just today, featured on the ESPN.com homepage with some bowl insights, and Marco D'Angelo, who happens to be, well, thirty years in the business, and the feature today is behind the scenes. <laughs> now, just a little, just a little background is last week was Christmas, and I went back home to Ohio. Some of you might hear a little accent here, and uh, spent some time with my family. So the guys a- actually had to uh, host without me. Shows went great But it was interesting Because our producer Brandon Who's off camera They thought they'd get A little cute And what they did was And I won't get into it Too much But they took A picture of my face Which um, You know We won't make any Judgments there (laughs) But then They put it onto a Would we say A break dancing elf Yeah they yeah. elfed you, and they, el- they elfed me, and he
1: spun, and, he- and it was cute. I- if it wasn't me, I must admit, I would have laughed. I had, no- I had no idea what was going on. I thought you, you I- were in. I was under the impression yeah. that you had a webcam set up, and you were going to break down one of the games. Mm-hmm. And that's why rem- I said we're going to from a remote location. Exactly. Yeah,
0: they did it all cute. We're going to RJ, and it was well done. It, it took twenty minutes in, you know, camera time and makeup to get the brown ring. So, on. Okay. <laughs> His nose <laughs> this morning. He's got it so far up your. All right, let's That's focus. A- I, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, <laughs> let's stay focused here. Let's stay focused. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I give him credit, and it got a ton of views. And I won't tell the actual. Actually, what was the game? It was. It on. was the uh, Southern
0: Cal Boston College. Last so if week. anyone
2: wants to go back and find it at pregame.tv, have fun with it. But now you can't, as the boss. This is a lesson out there for you who are <laughs> wanting to lead. You can't let those below you ever think they're in control. You got to let them think they have power. But not the ultimate power So now... Comes the pain for Marco. Is, we ha- there has to be some remuneration and some uh, revenge, maybe, is the best way to say it. But since you were innocent, buddy, you won't be
1: involved. I, in I it. didn't even know we were doing this. So this w- is <laughs> coming. To- Seriously, this is a surprise. I mean, you I'm not coming. Is about. I just want you to sit back. So I have a story
2: that I've held back about Marco ever since I knew him. Somehow, I don't know if you were drunk, but you actually told me this. I- Marco doesn't self-edit, and that's a great quote. (laughs) Because he doesn't know what he should keep to himself. (laughs) Now, what I was thinking was, I could tell this story and it would be hilarious, but I think we should make and force... Compel Marco to tell this story, and then what we'll do is comment upon it. And there's actually a moral at the end of this. It's not only hilarious, but there's a moral. All right, Marco. And now please, we'll, I'll just start this tape over. You got to tell
0: all the details. Well, you know, okay, uh, it was about eight. I think I was. You were eight years old. Eight, eight years old. When we had. So it this in, was when 1940. Were you, you chubby? Right. Were you a
1: chubby eight? Yeah.
0: No, actually, and or that's like part a, of that's the another, story. That's another story. That's, no, that's part of the. <laughs> That's part of the story. You're I was skinny a, eight. I was skinny eight, and I was, and I was lightning quick, believe it or lightning not. Lightning quick. Well, Light- that, that and like a it.
1: 38 inch vertical leap,
0: <laughs> <laughs> combine. He <laughs> professional kickball aspirations. But, you know, being. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my neighbor and my best friend, his dad is... Are you he, reading from notes? No, well, are my notes for the show. But, uh, <laughs> look into the camera. Look into the camera. You well, know, you know, I've probably got a little red tin here, but uh, my friend, uh, he, his mom and dad had a little mom and pop grocery store, and uh, so we had the bright idea in the neighborhood. We were going to start our own little neighborhood store. And, uh, like an annex. A little, you know it was actually you know now you have 711s and stop and goes and things like that well we had the convenience store before there was a convenience store so i was always you know ahead of the game now this is outside of pittsburgh this is outside of pittsburgh and uh, we did it in uh, we actually had the store set up in an elaborate dog house. <laughs> we had this giant dog house that we didn't have a dog so we set the we set the shop up in there. And we were up the street and one of the uh neighbor ladies was, you know, going to make a purchase. She wanted a pack of juicy fruit. Now, dough. how long had you been in operation at this point? This was the first day. Well, so this is day one. The this is grand opening.
2: Grand, yeah. <laughs> the grand opening. You know, now, now, how long did you? Was the preparations for all this?
0: We just, you know, had his, you know, two days, a Few day. My, you know, my friend Lenny had his dad bring some shelves, bring <laughs> some stuff, and we had candy. And That's a good. So you had the inventory. We had the inventory candy. So gum, where did you get
1: aspirations the, of gas eventually? <laughs> No, we well, did do that. What did, now, where did you get the
2: inventory? You just went down to the store and bought. It. Well, his dad owned a store. They had a mom and pop store. Oh, so did you have to buy retail or were you getting it wholesale? Oh, we got it wholesale. Of so you were getting it wholesale. So you <laughs> whole set up. Yeah. I, I, he wasn't afraid of the competition from the doghouse? No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: he, he wasn't afraid of the doghouse. No. All right, so go ahead. So you open up. We open up, and the neighbor lady, um, her name was Mrs. Stitt, she wanted a pack of juicy fruit gum. And well, Marco was off and running. No, hold like, on. So, so that wasn't in on the shelves at you that, didn't that point. Stop well, it, juicy it, juicy it was fruit in fruit. the shelves, but we we did home delivery. I mean, we were this was this was we were at her house. So I'm so running how, how oh, did so you, so just you went, went door, to door, to go door. door to door. Did you go to door, door to door? Say, so so does anyone want anything? Yeah, yeah. I'm four eight years old. Come on. All right. And so Mrs. Stitch, Mrs. <laughs> Stitch
2: says,
1: "Yeah, I'll take a pack of juicy fruit." A a
0: a now,
2: how did you power the price at that
0: point? Yeah, I, th- I think it was like, you know, 10 cents because it only cost us a nickel, so we're making, you know, 50. So you're doubling Yeah, 100% you know, And me and my buddy split, so, you know, we're going to split a whole two and a, half, yeah, right. two and a half cents piece. I was off. You're, I your mean, first I'm set, fast. I'm low. why are you running at this point? Because, because you I wanted to get, went, it, to get, it. to get the started. sale. You know, whoever got back to the shop, me and
2: So me you and your buddy went together. Yeah. Instead of going to two different houses, you're walking together. Then when they tell the order, it's almost like a challenge. <laughs> she ordered it. No, no, it doesn't matter. Who, whoever gets there gets the gum, gets back first, gets yeah. the sale, and, and and middles the nickel. And because you it. were quick,
0: I was quick. Oh. I had I had the lead. I, I was I was in front. I right, said so you're sprinting. I'm sprinting down, and well, the dirty bastard tripped me from behind. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: Dude, sales is a killer fish. <laughs> <business. laughs>
0: There's sharks. What do you? What'd you? I say? ended up. I I went ass over tin cups, just rolling. I ended up breaking my collarbone. <laughs> So over that pack of juicy fruit gum, I spent the rest of that summer with one of those like halo harnesses. (laughs) I had one. I broke my shoulder. You
1: can't get a cast, and you wear it like that. Yeah. So the
0: rest of the summer, you know, my buddies, you know, they're swimming and everything else, and I'm. You can't even get wet. I can't get wet. You know, over the pack of gum. So yeah, that was that was my eight year old story. My first entrepreneur.
2: The minute I heard this years ago. (laughs) I knew that I need no I had my sales manager. Because if you think about it, any man that will break his collarbone or a boy at eight years old, his instinct said, I'll break my collarbone and spend all summer in a harness over a nickel. Who did
1: she buy the pack of gum from?
2: Did he see that's what you missed? Did sell them, it? Is they both instead of them splitting up, you know, Marco's gotten smarter since. Instead of splitting up and taking the orders and fulfilling them, it was like a survivor challenge. So she he, said, "I want juicy fruit." It wasn't from him or the buddy. It was whoever could rush and deliver <laughs> so, it. So he got
1: it. He got the. He yeah, I'm laying it. on the ground. Now, now the did,
0: it, did he just leave you there and go get the nickel? Well, he went and got the gum, and I lit my way home. <laughs> and the worst part is my parents weren't home. My sister had to take me to the emergency room, and I remember sitting on the front porch waiting for my mom and dad to come home with a <laughs> hand. <on the> <laughs> I had to, to tell my dad how I broke my And colonel. no nickel. Yeah, and no nickel. <laughs> no nickel to show for I it. I think he was more pissed that I didn't get the nickel. The Not sale. even a day's
1: later.
2: <laughs> so now you know that if you want to trust, and here's the moral, if you want to trust your money with anyone, Marco D'Angelo. We'll be back next time, <laughs> who knows when, next time Marco feels froggy <laughs> with another behind-the-scenes at Pregame.com. Remember, you can get all of our videos at Pregame.tv.